Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. Uh, so much is happening around the world, folks. We know that. We know we've been really closely covering the humanitarian crisis in Ukraine. We've had uh, the Ukrainian ambassador to Singapore on. We Last week, we had a fantastic human rights lawyer and also Pavel, who came on from Warsaw to talk to us about what's happening with the refugee uh, situation in uh, eight plus million refugees now in Poland uh, and all the great work they're doing. But we have issues right here at home, right in our own backyard that we have to keep an eye on. One is what's happening in Sri Lanka. The government's in bad shape there. The economy's in bad shape there. Um, And, of course, the other one we've been following now for a year and a half is the situation in Myanmar after the coup uh, occurred in February a year ago. Uh, It is our pleasure right now to welcome on the line from Yangon a uh, multi-award-winning multimedia journalist from Myanmar, Cape Diamond, who is going to uh, talk to us about what's happening there, uh, especially in light of the conviction this week of Aung San Suu Kyi on more charges. Cape, hello and welcome to the show today. Great to have you on. Hey, hello. Yes, we got you. We can hear you. All right. Um, thanks so much. Uh, thanks for having me. And I How know- are you doing? Uh, thank you. And we know, I know you're in quarantine right now, which is fine. And hopefully that's not going to change uh, uh, our connection at all. But Cape, take us through this past week with Aung San Suu Kyi. Um, she was uh, convicted again. What, what, first of all, what was she convicted of and what is it actually going to mean to the National League for Democracy and or the democracy movement uh, across uh, Myanmar, as best you can tell? All right. Um, that was the uh, the recent uh, convictions, you know, of uh, Aung San Suu Kyi case trials, as she has been facing um, more than dozen of charges since um, she's been detained. Uh, you know, since February first uh, last year. So, um, of course, you know, uh, first people were uh, interested in in. Her cases, you know, that was, uh, you know, big loss for the democracy at the beginning. You know, um, uh, of course, you know, she was supposed to uh, lead the new uh, new government or new you know, parliament sections uh, last year. And then the, the coup happened and her and other civilian leaders were um, detained. So, you know, it was a big loss for, for the country and for, for, for the democracy, you know. But then uh, there were a um, series of charges, you know, like dozen of charges, hitch hard. And uh, of course, you know, people first pay attention. Then um, we, uh, you know, in Myanmar, now we have, you know, the resistance movement growing, um, you know, the, the armed resistance movement against the junta. So now people are supporting these armed resistance movement at the same time you know they are expressing their uh, opinion expressing their views on the social media you know online and of course offline industry protests even though they are um they are the you know bloody crackdown against their movement you know so then you know people have such a attentions you know every everywhere at the corners so then you know now uh hard convictions is not that you know in 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 their attention anymore but still you know uh she is such uh you know uh influential person for 
many of the Burmese people in in Myanmar or you know uh, diaspora across the world. Absolutely, and Cape, I just want to thank you again for coming on your on the show. You're doing such a brave thing there. Uh, what you're doing in Myanmar. Let's talk a bit about that, Aung San Suu Kyi. What has been the public response, the public mood following her sentencing this week? Of course, as I mentioned, that you know, people uh, since she is still being a very influential person for for most people, and of course, people's are saying that you know this is unfair but still people understood that you know and and, and under the military rules you know under the junta you know uh, the military could do whatever they want you know like not in line with the uh the law you know since people say that you know we don't have uh rules of law anymore this is such unfair things but as i said still uh they are not able to show their anger or they're not able to show their strong expression since they're uh, like they're 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 being uh, cracked down, or there are such other movement they are paying attention to. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah. Well, what, what, I, what I'm saying is that what I'm saying is that you know uh, we are not seeing you know like the street protest, you know people uh, holding the picture of her, you know, mm. and saying for the like demanding for the release of her, uh, you know, or uh, people, you know, like you, 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 we wouldn't see such movement right now. Yeah, Cape. Uh, in in the past year, year and a half or so, we we've seen uh, over a hundred journalists have been detained, arrested, uh, just for covering the story. Uh, I understand, even in some cases, just for showing up to events and taking pictures. That is enough to uh, to end up in jail. Um, and, and that, at the same time, that. Um, over the past couple of years, there there hasn't been an, an heir apparent uh, that has been talked about for the National League for Democracy, the uh, Ansung Suu Kyi's party, uh, and so everything has kind of come to her. So we, we're at a we're at a, a, a an inflection point, I think, where not only do we have people being arrested for covering events, but then we don't have a clear way forward for the NLD. Uh, if if Ansung Suu Kyi spends the rest of her life in jail, which is a possibility at this moment, uh, it seems like a quite an unsettled time for politics and for the coverage of that politics. From your perspective, you've covered this, uh, you know, going for many years now, uh, not just the most recent coup. What are you seeing as the way forward in the way that people can understand what's happening with the democracy movement there and and how it can be covered in a way that we in the outside world can see it. All right. So, of course, the, the journalists are in danger, especially the local journalists, you know, the, the local news outlet, you know, uh, they they were forced to shut down their, uh, their publication or forced to uh, flee the country, you know. Um, and then it's uh, the... Um, so there is a huge impact on the, the National League for Democracy since Aung San Suu Kyi and, uh, and the other uh, leaders are uh, now behind the bar. And of course, you know, some of them uh, now in hiding or flood the country. So the thing is that, you know, of course, still NL- NLD, you know, National League for Democracy party is still, you know, the people's most favorite uh, political party. But at the same time, you know, um, people do not really see the, the good future of uh, NLD 
be party in, in the near future. But at the same time, not just them, but also for the other, you know, people living in, in the country as well. You know, as I recently mentioned that, you know, there's no way, you know, for the people to express express their mm. will or express their feeling freely. Of course, even though they are doing it right now, you know, like crackdown coming, you know, it's, uh, oppression and stuff. So, you know, people are very, like, uh, careful with it. And uh, for, the, for the coverage, you know, Still, you know, um, the, the journalists and the uh, the media are trying to uh, cover uh, the issues as much as uh, they can, as much as we can. And uh, of course, you know, still, you know, there are many issues around the world, like you know, the Ukraine stuff and other things happening. But you know, not just uh, the journalists and the media personnel, but also the people. You know, the people of Burma also want to. Uh, see Burmese issues like Myanmar issues, you know, on on the top of uh, international news headline because mm. they they have a feeling that this is their their feeling that you know, oh you know what if you know the international community is ignoring us you know what if you know they are not paying attention to us anymore you mm. know that's how they uh, that, that that's how they they feel right now mm. so that's why they're organizing such campaign on the social media you know you when you when you Google, you know, Myanmar uh, on uh, social media, you will see, you know, the, the social media reaction from the people. Also, uh, the news, you know, uh, re- reporting uh, from the civil uh, civilian as well. You know, they they turn out to be uh, citizen journalists. You know, so yeah, of course, we we understand that the journalists, the professional journalists and media personnel are now in the danger. So of course, you know, we will help them. You know, mm. that's how they're. They, they, they keep helping us, you know, they report the news on social media, they share the information to us, you know, they try to make Myanmar issues, you know, uh, uh, on the track, you know, yeah. so that's how like people are trying, but as I said, you know, it is because like they, they're afraid that, you know, their Myanmar issue going to be ignored by the uh, international community but that's that's the slight that's the major problem isn't it cape it's a real chicken and egg situation you need the news to get out so that international news agencies can pick it up and follow it but i'm looking here now uh myanmar jailed more writers and public intellectuals in crackdowns last year than any other country according to pen america's annual census of detailed writers the freedom to write Index. They found that Myanmar detained 26 writers in 2021, Glenn, uh, which puts them the third highest in the world behind Saudi Arabia and China. But a lot of those were already, sadly, behind bars. So in 2021, Myanmar imprisoned more writers than any other country. How safe do you and other writers feel in Myanmar right now? Well, it's very clear that... uh, the journalists, activists, uh, students, uh, protesters, and the civilian protesters, and even you know the normal civilian are not really uh, safe in, in, in the countries. You know there are uh, several laws and several charges you know that can come to the people any time, and people co- people can be arrested uh, by the junta uh, any time. So no one is really safe here. You know. Yeah, and people are now talking about the uh, civil war. Uh, of course, we have the fightings going on 
you know, in like the, the border area with Thailand, we call it like Garin State, also Chin, uh, the Chin State, which is the north of the countries, you know, uh, nearby the China, and uh, also in Rakhine State, you know, uh, the border with the uh, Bangladesh. You know, we have such, you know, civil war, like the war between the ethnic armed groups and the, uh, you know, the, the military, the junta forces. Um, but at the same time, you know, these wars are not new. You know, we have mm. such uh, civil war, you know, since we have an independent in 1948, you know. So, like, this is a very long, a war, longer civil war. So, yeah, displaced, you know, internally displaced peoples are everywhere in the country. But, yeah, this is a new experience that, you know, the people in the urban area are experiencing yeah. you know the people from those ethnic areas this is not a new thing for them you know this is just you know something that they see the urban area people are fleeing or you know you know facing the problem so so people are not safe and a journalist you can you can be thrown in the jail anytime and uh even you know for talking about the fact you know talking about the truth you know yeah. doing your work mm. you know you're going to be accused as the you know, uh, someone affiliated with the, they call it terrorist organization, you know, such kind of stuff. So um, people uh, are very uh, careful with their uh, movement on the social media. And of course, in, in, in the daily life, you know, um, they do not feel safe. Uh, they do not enjoy their life because, you know, they, they have to be in fear. Yeah. We're talking with Cape Diamond, a journalist uh, based in Yangon. Cape, uh, ASEAN made some loud noises early on uh, after the coup happened uh, over the past year or so. Uh, Singapore and others were came out very strongly against the coup uh, and against any detention of Aung San Suu Kyi and, and journalists and protesters. Um, but it seems to have died down. There were some sanctions that went on, uh, and uh, but it, it's it's not hugely on the radar, at least in public these days. So from your perspective, perspective of uh, folks in Myanmar, um, what is the perception of what ASEAN is doing to try to make things better, to get back to free and fair elections? And, um, and what, what else needs to be done? We've, we've seen, you know, $33 billion from the U.S. to Ukraine in military supplies. We've seen massive sanctions across Russians uh, for what they've done in Ukraine, and yet nothing seems to be filtering toward Myanmar uh, on, a similar, on any kind of a similar scale. So what, what is the perception of, from inside the country of what needs or could be done by ASEAN, by other players in the region, to help the situation there? Okay, so early day of the the coup, you know, uh, during those those days, we had the you know the mass protests, you know, in the street, right. you know, the whole country. You see, like thousands of people in the street, you know, marching, protesting, you know. Uh, at the time, people were uh, demanding the international uh, help, you know, uh, international interference, you know, uh, say, sorry, the blackout in Myanmar. So we have electricity blackout. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, so at the time, people uh, people say that oh yeah, you know we need uh, the international interference, you know, uh, so you know we need the uh, international troops to come in and you know attack the um, the police militaries, you know such kind of stuff. They were demanding, also they were demanding mm-hmm. for the sanction from the uh, the West, you know. Uh, and then later on, you know, they realized that 
you know, international community is not that helpful for them. You know, that's why people, you know, uh, decide that. I mean, especially the young generation decided to take up arm, you know, like to join the arm resistance movement. You know, so since the beginning, they they do not really trust the ASEAN as well. You know, because the ASEAN also itself has the uh, the nations with the you know dictatorships. You know, so they are not that. Like hopeful, like hoping for uh, the ASEAN. So, but they know that okay, ASEAN is there. ASEAN is in the closer things that they can do something. But later on, you know, the the junta has some engagement with the the ASEAN countries, like you know, the the, the, the Indonesia, you know, Thailand. You know, like they they came and visit. I mean, the, the Thailand things. You know, like the junta go one visit that there. So, and then the people thrown their ang- anger on the ASEAN, you know, they said, oh, yeah, ASEAN is, you know, uh, recognizing the junta, you know, because they are uh, accepting the, the junta. But later on, you know, ASEAN comes up with the special envoy, you know, ASEAN comes up with the uh, consensus and uh, people are s- started to uh, monitor the, the movement of, uh, you know, the, the ASEAN. And uh, but at the same time, you know, the ASEAN community is, uh, itself believe that you know they will try to help Myanmar, you know, not to the junta, but they will try to help Myanmar as much as they can, since they are in the closest one, other than you know, from the outside world, like from the west, you know, from the west, which is far from Myanmar, but ASEAN itself is very close to Myanmar. So this, this is the this is the way that ASEAN is thinking, you know, approaching to to Myanmar. Affairs, you know. so they are now comes up with the humanitarian plan. They now comes up with the consensus plan, you know, such kind of stuff. So, what people think right now is that okay, we don't, we don't need any, like we don't, we do not really hope for any uh, assist, uh, assistance and support from the international community. But yeah, if, if you are, if you are, you know, favoring, okay, we we will welcome. But it, it goes to the ASEAN as well, even though you know ASEAN is a very ASEAN is the closest one to Myanmar. Okay, well, I mean, finally, Kate, let's just look further ahead. As things stand currently, according to estimates by the Assistance Association for Political Prisoners, there's more than 10,300 people currently in detention. According to that same organisation, 100 people have been sentenced to death, including 57 adults and two children who are currently in prison. So there's... The situation is no less serious than it was after the initial coup. Looking forward, Kate, what do you want to see from ASEAN and perhaps the international community more generally? Well, I mean, okay, I, I will reflect the the voice of a people. So people would like to see, you know, like more uh, targeted sanction against the junta, you know, uh, rather than you know, uh, and helpful support because like there being some support from the international community or some voices from the international community that is not helpful to the people of Myanmar to to or to the countries you know mm. so the people want to defeat the, the 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 military like the people want to defeat the junta you know so they are welcoming any uh, assistance or any help any support from the international community, including ASEAN, you know, to defeat the junta. 
I'm talking about you know the the arm assistant or whatever you know they like everyone like mostly everyone is now talking about you know the arm resistant arm resistant you know in Myanmar. Mm. So this is their main goal. They say, yeah, I mean, most people do not want negotiation. You know, they do not want to negotiate with the junta. They say, yeah, I mean, if, if we negotiate, you know, they will still have an arm. Like they will still have a weapon. Maybe who knows later, 10, 10 years later, they're going to be another coup, right? This is how people are thinking, you know. So they, they no longer want to negotiate with the, um, the junta. Mm. But at the same time, you know, these uh, outside world, international community and the ASEAN is, you know, like trying to push for the negotiation, but which they, they don't want. So I think, you know, it will like for the for the international community and ASEAN, that would be great, you know, if they could come up with more concrete plan and more concrete, you know, assistance yeah. to, to the people of Myanmar. We just have to keep it front and center yeah. on the news agenda. Well, we 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 certainly uh, yeah. will 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 try to keep it up there. And and Cape, we hope to get you back on the show again in the future as as developments change. Of course, we haven't even talked about the Rohingya uh, today. We're going to have to leave that for another day. Uh, and what's been happening um, with with all of those folks as well. Uh, Cape, we're going to leave it there. Cape Diamond, award winning multimedia journalist in in Myanmar. Thank you for being with us today. Hope you stay safe mm-hmm. and uh, hope we have. Uh, better news out of Myanmar in uh, weeks and months to come. Thanks, Cape. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Take care. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.